ready. Fuck you, bar. Well, I drank an eight percent, and then like just delay this just to see percent. where it goes. <laughs> oh goodness! I want this. I want this one. <laughs> Yeah, what if you start talking about a T-bird while holding an eagle? <laughs> and you're like, you're like, you know, I just really love the feel and the rhythm. Well, here's the thing, though. But I, you could do that, though, like put that in your hand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you they, couldn't be. It's I like mean, I bought thing. this T-bird for that reason. Like, you know, it's really funny. It's really funny. When I picked up your eagle, I was like, ugh, I, mean, I don't. Slightly smaller rim. Right? So I picked up the eagle, and I was like, oh, the rim's so small. Like, I don't know if I could throw a disc like this. <laughs> and then I picked up the T-bird, and I was like, oh, yeah, I throw a disc like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, the T-bird has to have a wider rim than, nope. than the eagle. Oh, I picked up the eagle, I was like, <laughs> oh, I picked up the T-bird, I was like, never mind. No, never mind. It's my own perception. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode nine of the Disc Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Robin, along with Joe, my co-host, and amazing all-around person. Oh, that was awesome. You're welcome. That was probably like the best intro uh, we've had. Well, I mean, the other ones you interrupted me before I could get to the glowing compliments. Not all of them. Well, a couple. A couple, but we're on number nine. Yeah. And if we- it's a couple, there's still seven more that you didn't give me such amazing reviews and we are growing this is our last single digit episode wow. we're gonna be double digits pretty soon so all of you listening now you are on the ground floor of the disc golf podcast you yeah. are single digit listeners we will hold you in the highest of regards for the remainder of the podcast right now you're witnessing history much like the warriors <laughs> 73 and 9 record that's all I'll say. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. The Warriors, of course, won their 73rd game to close out their season, breaking the 95-96 Bulls record of 72. Did we mention we're from Northern California? So that's that's we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But back to the, the single-digit yes. listener. If you ever meet us or talk to us in person and refer to yourself as a ground floor single-digit listener, we will, like... You know, be really nice to you. We will. Well, the cool thing is, too, so we, you know, we pay attention to how many listens we have on all of our podcasts. And episode one, by far and away, is like the most listened to, which makes sense. But if you made it to here, <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, the first few episodes, we had a great time doing, of course, but listening back, we uh, adjusted some things. And sorry to our Instagram follower who uh, was talking about our deer review and the awful joke about the chain out. Uh, those jokes are still going. <laughs> and they're not awesome. Uh, but uh, they have their own charm. Per- perhaps as we go forward, the rating system will be revised. I have a feeling it won't. Well, here, there's, there's two ways it could go. One, we'll keep it the same way. Two, it will be something that I make up every single week that might just be belligerent and ridiculous. I think that's very possible. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with that either. Well, this week's actually, this week can have a really weird take. Actually, I think we're going to have to work through it during the podcast. Uh, When we get there, you will understand how the rating for this week could be very skewed on a few... uh, Factors. Different we'll call, factors. We'll right. call them factors. This yes. week's deer review uh, 
covers a part of a beer that we like that also has a downside that we will discuss yes. when we get to it. Yes. I, I believe in the radio industry, they call that a tease. Oh, look what you did. Yeah. We're so fancy. Although there's no commercials for you to listen to, to stay listening. We just hope you stay listening because we're uh, awesome. Because that's what we should do. I have an embarrassing admission to make. I played no disc golf this this last weekend. I mean, I, I threw some discs at my house, but I did not go to a course. I did. And play some disc golf. So I... I we tried so hard to make it work. It almost happened. It almost happened, but it didn't. As yeah. as we've brought up in previous podcasts, my wife is ultra pregnant. Like if I leave in the middle of this podcast and and Joe finishes it out, it means that my wife has gone into labor. Oh, you know it's gonna be, this. This will be the second Wayne's World reference <laughs> on the disc golf podcast. It would turn uh, if you've watched. I believe, uh, yeah, the original Wayne's World where Wayne storms off and Garth just sits there and kind of mumbles and. <laughs> It's kind of awkward. I kind of feel like that's where it would go. In all honesty, I've actually been thinking about this moment a few times. Not necessarily like that you would leave in the middle of a podcast, but that in order to keep our podcast going out weekly, I would have to just record a podcast by myself. <laughs> and I don't know what I would do. Like, it's all about the rapport and the banter. And I just, I'm afraid of the moment that I sit down to a microphone and try and just talk disc golf by myself. It'll just be really weird and awkward. I was like, I guess I could put out like a 25-minute podcast of just me like... <laughs> Apologizing. Talking about, oh, there's a baby and Robin and I like disc golf and um, I like beer. Maybe I figured it out. This is what it'll be. <laughs> if you're not present, I have to do it by myself. I, the, the deer review will consist of a six-pack. And I will try and complete that six pack like in the first twenty minutes. It's gonna be like the disc golf challenge, right? <laughs> what what if what if you just uh, explained the rules of the disc golf podcast drinking game, and just help people so that? So okay, that so now let's explore this. Um, we've talked about it before, but I think now is the time, just off the cuff, to talk about what the rules of a disc golf podcast drinking game could be. I think a drink every time Joe interrupts Robin. Yeah, that's that's a must. That's a lot of drinks. Yeah. I think that in nine episodes, I'm, I'm just going to count the ones, this one, as part of it. I've probably said the word definitely about 985 See, times. that's too much, though. Yeah. That's almost on the level of me interrupting you. <laughs> like, that's, that's knocking people out. So. <laughs> I guess maybe what it could be is like... When you hear it definitely, you have to make some sort of gesture, and the last person in the group that makes the gesture like, has like to Like nose goes sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, I think that's good. Yeah, that, that would work. That's that's a good auxiliary role. Yeah, I think if, if everyone drank every time, whew, that's bad news. you got to have sure. someone who knows what they're doing Anyways, at the end of it. Anyways, hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram. Let us know what you think our, our drinking game rules are, because we think it's a good call. Ooh, oh, so here's one thing that's happened twice, actually, on the podcast. Well, maybe only once on the podcast, and maybe one time in between segments. So if a beer is spilled, right. everyone has to finish their beer? Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think that's a good one. Since you pretty much had to do that, you had to, like, panic chug your beer. I did. Because it was, was such foaming a good beer. over. You know what I did, though? 
so part of me trying to get you out to play disc golf with me this weekend was the secret four pack of Goodnight that I had mm. in my bag that I subsequently drank. Not all on the disc golf course. Nope. I saved some for home. But, save, save some for but, the drive but I had that I had that last week and I was like, I need more of this. And I saw a four pack and I was like, yep, I am buying you. It's a good beer. It's a good beer. So instead of playing disc golf this weekend, I did pay attention to some of the tournaments that happened. We had two pro A-tier tournaments. We had the Jacksonville Open and then we had Discraft presents the Open at Woodville. Uh, in my opinion, the stronger card, the stronger player pack, uh, was for the Jacksonville Open, which was won by Ricky Wysocki now two he's, weekends in a yeah, row. Yeah, he's, he's ranking them up. And if you didn't watch it, we recommended that you watch it last week on Pure Heiser Productions, the final round of the St. Patrick's Classic. Wysocki throws an incredible round. You must watch it. They all they all do. Um like we said last week, it's a course that we've played. I've played, I think, three times now. Robin's played many, many more times. But such a great course. I am so amazed by what they do on that course. It's a very technical course with a lot of danger. The The creek was low. So there wasn't a lot of water. There was a bunch of times where what would normally be an OB disc was not OB by you know a few inches or a foot. You know, because the creek water yeah, was Yeah, Philo got saved by one that, like, rolled back up to yeah, the bank. Yeah, And normally those discs come back out with, like, an extra fin or a third eye. Yep. Because that creek is nasty. Dude, it's super gross. It's like a meth creek. Oh, God. I'm, I don't know that my arm is, is right since then. I, I love Shady Oaks and, and would love to play there more often. It's a little shady out there sometimes. Speaking of which, we should make that happen. Oh, we can't make that happen soon because you got a baby coming. Darn yeah. it. Also, the pro shop that is at that course, it has probably the best selection in in Northern California. I'm just going to say, I don't know that for certain, but I think it does. It it They carry all brands and multiple models. They have a ton of stuff in there. And they're just chill dudes. You know, like, I think we went there once and there was nobody in there and a dude was like, I just want to go throw real quick. Yeah. Back to Ricky Wysocki, on fire, wins another tournament, 32 under, the Jacksonville Open. Will Schustrick, not too far behind, 28 under. Uh, Chris Dickerson, uh, Calvin Heimberg, Aaron Doyle, Jeremy Coling at, at, in sixth at 17th, 17 under. And then Garrett Gerthy, Zach Melton. There was a, there was a lot of talented disc golfers. In this tournament, looking forward to, to seeing coverage from this one. Yeah. So. It was like a great tournament, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and we will see. There'll be video from this one, too. The other one was uh, Discraft Presents the Open at Woodville. And Bradley Williams took this one down. Bradley Williams, a uh, good pro disc golfer. Good open player. Very very good all-around player. He's got a forehand. He's got a backhand. Good putter. I, I, don't, I don't know who he is very well. I'll work on that. He loves cats. He's got a cat. I have a cat. Posts lots of pictures of cats. Oh, I'm 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 down. I like cats. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And then Miles Seaborn came in second. Matt Oram came in third. George Castillo was fourth. Um, and on and on. Eagle McMahon, uh, notably, tied for fourth also. 
at 18 under along with uh, three others. Wow. So um, Eagle getting getting back into the groove of things. Apparently he turned 18 today. Super. So congratulations. Happy birthday, Eagle. Um, You're on your own now. Eagle is legal. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Ooh. <clears throat> so what's next, Robin? <laughs> you didn't want to talk more about that? No? No. No. Well, I mean, he's he can vote. He's 18 years old. That's, I mean, yeah, he's, he can vote. Like, good, cool. He's a promising young professional disc golfer. No, he's great. Um, I just don't want to hang out with him or anything. <laughs> like, ever. What? Come on, you don't even know the guy. It's, that's true. That's, I don't know him. Uh, no, he's probably cool. I, I mean, I know he could help me elevate my game. Like, he obviously knows what he's doing. I don't know, I just listened to an interview once with him. And is Lizotte, this a... Is no, this... no, no, no. He, he, was, he was in an interview talking with Lazat. Talking trash to Lazat. Oh. He was probably I was joking. Done. I think he was, but he wasn't, like, good at, like, sarcastic tone. Gotcha. Like, he just sounded like a goose that I want no part of. Well, he is a vegan that drives a Prius. If if you needed more... I mean, Prius is fine. Prius, like... I mean, being a vegan's fine, too. Mm. I mean, it'd be really, really hard. I don't know where I stand on that. <laughs> I'm, I couldn't do it. Cheese. Nope. Done. I need, Done. I need cheese. No, totally. Can't. Can't so, handle uh, And Kate, I've tried vegan cheese. Kate, Katie and I do Blue Apron. This will be quick. Sorry, podcasters. Katie and I do Blue Apron. We're, we're back on it. And a family friend was like, oh, we do this other one that's all like paleo. And I was like, oh, so, so there's no cheese? Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Cannot. Cannot hang. I was like, meat, I could figure something out with, but cheese, I'm out. No I way. could, I could do it if. Oh I, no, paleo is hella meat. Sorry. But. If I was allowed, like, say, two to three times a day to just gorge myself oh, on right. like some slices of cheese, like as a cheat on the diet, that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, no. So paleo actually, or might like, be, if I was allowed to put cheese on the on the paleo, might be worse than vegan. Now I think about it, because what? it's it's no gluten mm-hmm. and no cheese. I'm out. Now, I, don't, I don't get to eat bread, and I don't get to eat cheese. I would be totally fine with it if I could sprinkle some gluten on it, and then some cheese, too. Is that a thing you sprinkle gluten? Is gluten like a... It's like a spice? It's, no, it's like a dust particle. It's uh, it's like in the air, so if there's a kitchen where there's like bread, you just can't do anything there. Oh, I think that's actually true. Yeah. You can go through your skin. Like it's kind of like secondhand smoke. Right. Like if you're somewhere with the gluten, you, you just... You, it just happens? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us, listeners. <laughs> now that we've now that we've finished our, our gluten digression, I think it's time <sighs> that we get right into the meat of the episode. Get it, meat. We were just talking about vegans. Yeah, I yeah, got you. I yeah, got you. I yeah. follow. And do our deer review. We're gonna do it early in this episode because it's a it's a big tall beer. And we're worried that that we won't be able to finish it in time. Right. right? Um, That's the deal? But we'll also point out that this is the first of a uh, two-part, actually, deer review. So we decided um, that the beers are closely connected. 
mm-hmm. and the discs are actually closely connected. So why not just do them back to back instead of trying to space them out? So, so this is our bird series. Yeah, but I mean, if if listen, the deer review is going to go for a long time. There are a lot of Innova discs and other discs that have bird names. There will probably be another bird at some point. That's probably true. There's a firebird. There's a tern. Is that... Oh, that's a bird. It is a bird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> I totally knew that. Uh, so anyways, so... But this is kind of like the contested Innova fairway driver... Bird off. Rev- right, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it will be the T-Bird and the Mendocino Brewing Company Eye of the Hawk. And then next week we'll actually do... The Innova Eagle and the Mendocino Brewing Company Talon. Exactly. So, two, two beers from the same company, two discs from the same company that are both uh, birds. Right. I well, guess... One is like an actual bird and one is a made-up bird, right? T-bird's not a real thing, right? I guess not. Probably not. I don't not. think so. I, I, I assume it is not. So, anyway, so... This week we're doing the T-Bird and the Eye of the Hawk from Mendocino. I'm going to start, I'm going to get right into the beer. Yeah, I think that's I'm a good right idea. Beer. So, we're going to have to. So I've had this beer many, many times. As have I. Yeah. It is an amazing beer if you get it somewhat fresh. It really does have to be fresh. It, it, it does. So this is my tried and true uh, method for Eye of the Hawk. If it is on sale, right? So like you get a 22 or you get a six pack, it's on sale. You look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like $4 cheaper than it regularly is. I'm going to buy that. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. So um, Eye of the Hawk's an Imperial Ale. It's not an IPA, but it kind of lives in that IPA world in the sense of you want to drink it fresh. Mm-hmm. If if you have a bottle of Isla Hawk hanging out, it gets rough. As it gets older, this beer does tend, the alcohol in it tends to show up. So it if it sits around for a little while, it's going to taste like booze. Like you're going to get that real strong, malty booze driven bitterness. So. Yep. And it's, it's like almost metallic. Like it's, so um, I preface that by saying I bought this on sale today. Yeah, that's why we're covering this. So unfortunately, Joe and I are drinking two samples of Eye of the Hawk that are not representative of what this right, beer right. is meant to be. So some breweries, like you can get like batch by batch, like it's like super small batch or super, super micro brew. Batch by batch, it might be a little different. For Eye of the Hawk, it's really just the the date that it was made. Yeah. And this is not fresh. So, that being with said... With that said, yeah. With that said, I go have ahead. had this beer draft from the brewery itself, and it is incredible. It is smooth. It has uh, the, the kind of hoppy flavor mm-hmm. to it. It's an incredible imperial ale that has a... You know, it's very light, kind of golden, golden brown when it pours. It does not seem like a strong beer at all. And yeah, it's, just a, it's very a sneak fresh. up on you 8%. Yeah, like, it, it tastes fresh. It's smooth. It's kind of one of those beers that you could drink in the in the middle of the day and, mm-hmm. and not realize that, that it was such a strong beer. Um, yeah, so very, don't, don't get me wrong. It is an awesome beer. 
Like, I love this beer. I will buy this beer many, many more times. But if you're buying it on sale, you risk getting it past its, uh, its due date, basically. Like, you know milk? When you buy milk, you can buy it, and it says, like, oh, April 19th is the sell-by date, and you maybe have, like, three or four days more, and you're good. You don't want to buy it on April 25th. <laughs> That's that's when you don't want to buy Eye of the Hawk. When it's on sale, and this is this is purely like my tried and true method. There's there's no um, actual retail knowledge behind this, but I'm assuming once it's on sale, it's because it's been on the shelf a little too long, and they need to move it. Could be so they can get like a new uh, a fresh crop in. Yeah. Buy it fresh. Do not buy it on sale. So look for it fresh if you can find it. Oh, you know what I, I just realized? As I said that, um, it's also, it's it's out of Mendocino. It's out of Ukiah, which is not that far from us. So it's probably a pretty common beer, and they can move it pretty quickly around here. So there's probably a good chance if you're outside of Northern California, they don't need to move it as quick. That sounds like pure speculation to me. Totally. Totally pure speculation. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that I don't know anything about the brew. Dude, I've, I have no clue. Yeah, I have no. All, I, I guess all I'm trying to preface or or all I'm trying to say is, if you try Eye of the Hawk once and you don't like it, try it again. Yeah, I'd say so. Because you might have had an old batch or or who knows, it's worth drinking. It's amazing. Like it the is. best. I guess the best possible way is to make it up. To their actual brewery in Mendocino and that's, drink it off. That's tap. the best you can you can find it that way too. But I would say that it's rare that that I have this problem. Totally. So basically, like it's it's one of the few beers that really you need to drink fresh. I mean, we we yeah. drink uh, lots of beer. I was gonna try and pussyfoot around that, but no, we 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 drink lots of beer. This one is probably the single most um, one that stands out in my mind that you need to drink fresh or it's mm-hmm. it's bad news. Shall we talk about the disc? Yes. So uh, what we reviewed was the T-Bird. And actually all of the T-Birds that we threw were star T-Birds. So T-Bird is actually something that I carry in my bag. Um, I, I dig the disc. I can, depending on like the wear of the disc, I can just flip it to flat. It doesn't really turn over for me, regardless of how I snap it. It'll go straight. It has a small fade. It's got a, so I'll tell you the numbers. It's a speed seven, five glide, zero turn, and a two fade. So the two fade is, is totally accurate. There is not a big fade. And that's what I like. You know, I can flip it flat or I can just throw it flat out off the bat and know that if I give it a slight hyzer, it's not going to hook up super hard and come back way, way left. Um, I, I, I dig it. It's my main fairway driver that I use. It's a good disc. I uh, do not carry this disc that's in my true. bag. But I have thrown it uh, many a time. And it's it's a great fairway driver. I'm actually interested. That I've yet to throw the T3, which is the faster version right. of the of the T Bird. So I, I would be very interested to try that uh, going forward. 
will probably end up working a deal yeah, with totally. you in for that one too. Um, but the the T Bird is a great stable fairway driver. It has a lot of glide. It doesn't have a lot of turn and not a lot of fade. So it's a great straight flying disc. It, it, it's it's also actually the way I use it. Also, it's like a much faster mid range too. So if I snap it out on like a big Anheuser, it is going to hold that line. If I snap it out on a big Heiser, it's going to hold the line unless I snap it super hard and then it'll flip. But the thing is, it's cool because it will hold the line pretty well. And maybe that's because it's seven speed. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I, I can put it on angles and it will keep it. Like I said, granted, I have a pretty worn in uh, star. And I actually have a G star in my bag too. Purely because it has an awesome Lagunitas stat stamp. I didn't know you had a G Star T Bird. I do. That's actually what uh, the one that you're holding in your hand was the one I used to have in my bag, and I I change it to the G Star. Gotcha. One. Um, it's I I love it. It's a utility disc. Well, not you. I mean, I use it all the time. It is a tried and true uh, fairway driver. I mean, it, it is. It really is. And, and for me, I don't like. Um, rims like that. It's got a really small rim, but I've thrown enough that I it just feels comfortable, and I know as soon as I pick it up, it's going to do what I want it to do. Um, I actually have just now, probably in the last like three months, gotten mine exactly where I want it, and I want to go play Daylaw really bad because I know mm-hmm. it's like built for those tunnel shots. Yeah. I think yeah. last time I went to Daylaw, it was just it, it wasn't there yet where it hooked up a little too early. And mine that I have now is it's ready to roll. It's it's an amazing disc. I really love my T Bird, which is a tribute to to the popularity of it too. It's a incredibly common disc. You'll find the T Bird in a lot of players' bags. I, I, to be honest, I don't have a problem with the T Bird, except that the fairway driver that I use dominantly is the one we'll review next week. No, totally. And that's and that's why we want to kind of chain them together because it's kind of the Eagle versus T-Bird. And I'm... I actually, I used to be a, uh, an Eagle guy and I found this T-Bird and I'm into it. And we'll talk more about it next week. Mm-hmm. But I think both of them really have their merits. I think, They do. And I, and I feel like it's kind of like this weird divider in the same world of... Um, Maybe not as drastic, but kind of similar to like the rock versus buzz yeah. kind of world. Where. Except that's different brands. But, t- true, yeah. true. But it's still the same kind of. You never hear like, oh, I throw a stingray and you throw a rock, you're done. <laughs> or like a Mako versus rock. Like that world doesn't really exist. Yeah, you either throw a rock and a Mako or, you know. Right. So. Yeah. But in the Innova world, that's probably like the big. That's probably the biggest. That's got to be the the biggest rivalry in the end of a world. You, you don't so? you don't hear it with putters like there no, is yeah, whatever like it's the AVR or it, nothing else. Right, it's not like yeah. oh I throw an AVR and, and you it, throw an when arrow. You, when you get to mid ranges, it's the rock, and then when you get to fairways, you have the the T bird and the eagle, which are the the biggest ones. And I think once you get to like distance drivers, there's like a little bit, but yeah. it's not real. I mean, the destroyer is the, the yeah. breadwinner of the and and we're the distance drivers. I, I mean, if I'm talking in of a distance, like I want a boss, and you want a boss, mm-hmm. but that doesn't live in like the pro world. They're not like boss versus destroyer or no, 
No. Or Katana or Wraith or any of that. You know, there's there's the distance drivers for that are that are not quite max distance drivers, just standard distance drivers like when you get to Thunderbird and, you know, the the Beast and some of those other ones that are that are kind of more in that nine, ten, ten right, speed. Right. But as in that but range, as but. as far as like any like controversy or argument in Innova, like just in house in Innova, the T Bird Eagle is like the one. I think so. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I feel like I want to. Right. Just just for the sake of good good podcast, but I I can't argue with you on that one. Right, and we'll talk about it more next oh, week. Oh, oh, I got it though. Actually, so, do you want to save it for next week? Or no, I don't. Okay, go. I don't. Birdie versus AVR. I mean, there is a huge. Contingent. No, there's not. <laughs> Polecat versus Birdie because they're the same disc in my mind, right? A Polecat. I don't Birdie know. Are like the no, same. they're not. No. And like Rhino's kind of there too. No, well, the Rhino is a useful utility putter, but but. But birdie. still, yeah, but still, there's no... I guess with Innova, really what it comes down to, aside from the T-Bird Eagle argument, is plastics. Oh, interesting. Right? Because right? Um, I think for me, throwing... I want to start T-Bird, but if I want to throw an Eagle, I probably am more comfortable with Champ, and maybe that's just because mm-hmm. I've always had Champ. Champion plastic. And, and maybe that's where I want... Maybe I want a Star Eagle. So do we want to close out our deer review and tell people? Yes, let's let's do that, and we can move into some plastics. Uh, so with the beer, it's eight percent, which is pretty good, surly and mean for yeah. a twenty-two, but not over the top. It's not. It's a, it's a rough world to live in. I would bring if I knew I had a fresh twenty-two, I would totally bring it out on the course. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to harp on that too much, just because I I have. Okay, let's just base it on we know we have yeah. good eye of the hawk. Yes. Yes, I will. I will. One hundred percent drink it on the I course. Agree. Me too. One hundred percent. It's Me too. it's an awesome beer. It's eight percent. That doesn't you know, it doesn't kick you in the mouth and tell you it's eight percent. It's yeah. a really smooth eight percent. It tastes great. Um. Yeah. So I, I, I would definitely take that out with me. Obviously, I've already said T-Bird I roll with. I love a T-Bird. I've got two in my bag. I have actually have one that I'm holding right now, which is like my auxiliary that I will slowly fold in, um, mm-hmm. that I'm layering in. I, I, I love the disc. I actually, yeah. uh, like I said, I threw Eagles, which I might go back to, but we'll talk about that next week. But when I found the T-Bird, I was, I was set. I knew that was part of my bag. And I'm an eagle guy through and through, so the T-Bird's going to have to do a lot of work to, to take that out. So I'm good on the beer. I like the beer. I love the beer. But the T-Bird, unfortunately, has to crack three layered eagles of varying stabilities that I've worked on for years. Yeah, no, you've layered them, in, which we'll get into next week. So, uh, so let's see. So we are... I kind of feel like it's two and two. I don't want to harp on it too much, but it's a real thing mm-hmm. that I, I kind of, if, I, if I'm if i buying a 22 out of like a nice refrigerated section of a store of Eye of the Hawk, I might think twice. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, um, 
I don't even know what to compare it to. The other thing I compare it to, which is kind of silly, Jelly Belly makes jelly beans. We well, already did milk. No, no, listen, listen. So, so now you're... So they make, they make uh, Harry Potter uh, jelly beans, right? Yeah, I've seen that them. That you can get that are like, one is... Boogers. Boogers, and the other one is like green apple. Yeah. Like, you don't know. They look the same. Yeah. 100%, but until you taste it, you it don't know. It sounds awful. It does. I feel like Mendocino like Brewing Company is going to mail us a dead raccoon. They're not, because this beer is amazing. Or maybe a dead... It's so good. I, I love this I hope they don't beer. mail us a dead hawk, because that'd be really And cool. here's the thing. For the amount of bad I have the hawks I've gotten, I've had tenfold better. And that tells you how many... He drinks every week. I have the hawks I drink. No, I love, I, I love <laughs> this beer. And I'll continue to do it. But every once in a while, you crack it and you take that first sip and you're on the course and you're like, do I want to continue my round with this beer? So I'm still completely unclear on the on the rating system. What just happened? So I'm trying to say it's two and two. Two, four, two against. Okay. So what is that? I have no idea. You're the you're the guru on this. You tell me. Okay. Remember, you said that, that you're just going to come up with this stuff off the cuff. I, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. So this is one actually we've talked about we've never followed through with. It might be a birdie to bogey. Is it? Okay. I can see that. Right? Like, everything's going great, and then you're like, oh. Oh, I just missed, not two, putts. I just missed two putts. Right? So you went from a two to a four, right? right There's there the two. Go. There's a two. Birdie to bogey. Nailed it off the cuff. <laughs> not really, because I kind of said we talked about it before. Damn it. I shouldn't have said anything. Off the cuff would have been way cooler. Wow, Joe. I'm awesome. Way to go. So, as, as we talked about uh, just a couple minutes ago, the next thing we, we uh, would like to talk to you guys about is plastic. So, a new piece of our show is Know Your Plastic, but more so, we're going to break down disc manufacturers' different lines of plastic. Yeah, we're going to try and do a reoccurring segment on it on our newest episodes where we do a Know Your Plastic thing and talk about the most popular plastics of the major manufacturers and talk about their similarities, things like that. And in the final episode of it, we're going to talk about the consistencies, the similarities over the lines. Right. Like, like, what is is champion plastic in, in Discmania, Legacy? Latitude, Latitude 64. Latitude 64. GD, yeah. What's the, if you like the feel of this plastic in one company, what should you buy in the other? Right. So, that'll be the final one, but we're going to start with Innova today, because we reviewed an Innova disc. And, and honestly, and I think we've said this from the start, the majority of the discs that we throw, or at least that we started out with, were Innova discs, so it's... We, we have better knowledge of Innova, and we'll roll into the others as we go. Yeah, and and spend some time on them. So I think we're going to go in order of of kind of pre, what they call premium yeah, plastic. Yeah, that sounds right. So we'll start with Star. And Star Plastic is an extremely durable, yet flexible and grippy plastic. Right. It, it can handle hitting rocks. It can handle hitting trees. All kinds of different things. Very strong plastic, yet still has a bit of grip to the plastic. Right. It's not completely slick. And really great plastic. A lot of my favorite discs are are star plastic. Right. So, very common plastic. Star, 
You see it in almost every single uh, single mold that they come out with. They put out a star a star disc. Mm-hmm. It also, in my opinion, tends to be one of the ones that breaks in the slowest. It's one of them, and I so. think and I, and that's why I want to bring up the next plastic because I think this is. In a similar vein, so you and you'll see this a lot, or he, you'll hear this a lot. So Champion is the other like main plastic mm-hmm. from the Innova. other main premium plastic, right? Main premium. So uh, it tends to be a little smoother. It's still got good grip. Um, I feel like it's a harder plastic, and actually tends to be kind of opaque. That's kind of an easier way to understand like if you have a champion or a star although there definitely are some champ plastics that uh, are not as opaque but when you talk about wear and and beating in that is a big piece and we've talked about it Mm -hmm. a few weeks or almost every week innova i i think kind of stands out from the other disc companies that i've thrown so far and i think maybe discraft is somewhat similar but you really need to throw these discs. You really need mm-hmm. to beat them in and wear them in in order for them to really fit the flight numbers that they have. Hmm. Um, for me, I've picked up like trilogy discs, a lot of like dynamic disc and latitude. They throw kind of similar to the numbers off the bat. Whereas you've heard at least me talk about how beefy like some champion discs are out of the box. De- I think it honestly depends on the run and uh and the disc itself certain ones turn out more stable early on but i have also had a huge range in in different plastics and different runs Mm. of the disc where certain ones will end up like i have multiple destroyers and and most notably i have a a macbeth grand slam destroyer which is the the most beefy true but those are all star which we which I feel like star off the bat. But I've had other ones. I have the I had the other uh, destroyer where it was flew like a regular destroyer off the bat. So I think that has more to do with run okay. rather than brand. I, okay. I don't think that that. I, I I'm just saying I've had discs from other brands that the majority of the discs I have from other brands don't need beat to fly to the numbers. Hmm. Okay. I I don't know because. The, the other brands that I throw with, you know, whether it be Discraft or even like a, a World, things like that, I, I disagree. I think that they also change and beat and and I mean, they beat. I'm not saying they don't beat. So I don't think that's, okay. that's brand so let me take then let me take that piece out. Let me, let me talk just about Innova and say the best way that I would describe Champion and Star... And then let's bring in DX. Like, those are the main three in my mind. G-Star we'll get to. Uh, DX is, is the beginner plastic. It's, uh, it's chalky. It beats in. It cuts up. I feel like DX throws really close to those mm-hmm. numbers right out of the box. Right? Yeah. So let's use that as a baseline. Right? Mm-hmm. DX is the baseline that you want your discs to, to fly on. Mm-hmm. Right? So... To get a champion or a, or a star disc to that flight level of DX, it takes wear. Yeah, you It takes you a good amount of wear. Um, D, or a star will get to that faster than champion. Really? I, I don't know. I feel like it does. Let me, this is my thought. Everything I've thrown, 
Star gets there a little bit faster, not by a lot. And Champion takes a lot more time. And, and the difference, the biggest difference for me, going through the those three main ones, is DX loses that flight real quick. Mm-hmm. It beats in real fast. And, and uh, as, I don't know if we've talked about it, I feel like we have with where discs become more understable. I would say typically, yes. Right. And, and also... DX is is an easily dentable plastic exactly. and exactly. and and cuts and scrapes and things like that. You know, you hit a hard a hard surface like a rock or something else, right. and you're going to have some some pretty some significant and, gashes yeah, in yeah. those discs. So anyway, so uh, DX out of the box flies how you want it to for the most part, and then we'll quickly move away from that and go to the understable side. For me, star. Take some time to beat in. It'll get there a little faster, and it will hold it a lot longer than DX will. And then for me, Champ takes even longer to wear in, but will last even longer in that same flight pattern that you like. And that's for me, and that's that's what I've seen with the discs that I own, that I throw a lot, that that's kind of the main consistency with them. Uh, I feel like... It's all based on beat, too. So, you know, if you're not running lots of rocks and all that kind of stuff, your star plastic's going to stay clean for a long, long time. And, it, and it'll slowly move to that other edge, too. Whereas, like, a DX... If I beat the crap out of a DX Wraith, like, it's a roller quick. You know, mm-hmm. with a star Wraith, if it's starting to have a little flip and turn, it's going to hold that for a real long time, especially if mm-hmm. I'm throwing it well and not into trees and rocks. Well, and that's part of the the uh, premium plastic thing, is that you're going to get a longer-lasting disc when you buy a Star or a Champion right. disc. Right, and either one are going to last really long, and so. it's probably not as drastic as I'm making it sound. Yeah. I think, for me, there's still that difference, but it's not drastic. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not, uh, you know, a star that I'm throwing for a year's where I want it, and it's not going to be two years for a champ. It might be like a year and three weeks or four weeks. Like they're mm-hmm. real close. Um, and then at that point, it really comes to like the feel and and how you like the grippiness of the plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, I feel like champion is a little stiffer plastic than star too, which kind of adds to that feel for me. See, my main difference between Star and Champion is the grip. Not necessarily, I don't, personally, the the Champion can be a little bit stiffer, but I think the biggest difference is Champion tends to be a slicker plastic mm-hmm. rather than Star. Well, it goes faster then, which right? Tends, yeah, of course. that, like, slickness just it's cuts got, through the air? And if you poke holes in it, it has speed holes, and then it goes faster, too, which is added bonus pro tip. Pro tip: Poke holder. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please, don't do that. Don't it do it that. makes it not legal. Also, that's just silly. Also, when looking at your discs, when you pick them up, uh, they indicate the plastic for Innova discs by writing in the center part, the, what they call like the nipple. Uh, there's a kind of uh, if it's not. I mean, if it's not in the straight description. Yeah. Well, if if you're for whatever reason you have a disc where it's worn away or someone washed it off, uh, they literally use a star. They draw a little star mm-hmm. to indicate star. And on uh, champion discs, uh, they don't indicate 
Because it's a champion. Typically, you can tell by the opacity, like Joe talked earlier, that they're kind of see-through. But they do put a star, and then G-Star, which is Uh, a... Which is Dave Dunapace's plastic. Which is Dave Dunapace's plastic, which is another one that is a variation of star, which to me is just a more flexible, more pliable version of star plastic. They put a G and then a little star symbol on it. G-Star is interesting. People love it. People hate it. I... It's like a polarizing plastic, which blows my mind. Like, if you go on Reddit and stuff, people are like, oh, G-Star, no, it's the worst thing ever. And then mm. some are like, it's the greatest thing on earth. And by those people, I mean Dave Dunapace. Um, I I think it has its place. Yeah. I have uh, one G-Star disc in my bag. It is a G-Star Boss. And I like it because brand new... It mimics the flight of a beat-in version Star Boss or uh, or Champion Boss. Right, so like what I was saying, I think like G-Star out of the box is pretty much what the numbers represent. Yeah, I think so. And, I, and, and with Star and, and Champion, I'll reiterate it one more time, they are much more overstable than their numbers are out of the box, regardless mm-hmm. of the disc that you buy. You can buy a Mamba which is like a minus five turn mm-hmm. disc, and it's going to hook up for you the first few throws. If yeah, it's brand new, a, a, a Mamba. I mean, you could, you, you could get a brand new Mamba, but Mamba to turn. I guarantee That's true. It. That's true. I guarantee it. Listen, okay, I'll put it this way. I've bought, I've had fresh champ Sidewinders that yes. are, are beefy. As have for, I. Especially for a Sidewinder. I guess, actually, not especially for a Sidewinder, they are beefy. Yeah, so Sidewinder is an understable end of a disc that is often used for rollers. I have some beat-in ones that are very understable. I have some newer ones that, that have, get some nice kind of turn lines. But yeah, when they're new, if if you don't get the right line, it, it can get some fade on you. That's true. So, but G-Star is interesting. It's very pliable. So I sometimes hear complaints that in hot weather... It's too flexible, and they don't like the way the feel of it is. I've yet to have any problems with, with G-Star well, that's plastic. that's because we live in a beautiful microclimate of Northern California. Yeah, that could be it, too. But I, I do like the plastic. It's got a nice grip to it. You know, feels just like Star, but d- gives me the added time. If I were to throw a G-Star Boss and a brand a brand new G-Star Boss and a brand new G-Star Boss, or Star Boss or Star. right yeah. next to each other... At the same time, it the difference in flight, in my opinion, it's is drastic. huge. Yeah. It's just a different disc almost. Yeah. So the remaining plastics, DX, we already covered a little bit, which is kind of the beginner plastic. Right. It is softer. It's going to take some hits. It'll also beat in quicker and give you the ability to get a different flight line for your favorite disc in premium plastic. Right. So if you have a disc that you want to get to a more understable level quicker, maybe you need a DX version of it. It's also common in putters. Yes. So a lot of the AVRs and things like that are versions of DX plastic. There's also XT plastic. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's the the um, there's Pro there's KC, KC Pro, Pro plastic. Yeah. There's R Pro plastic, which are all varying version. There's McPro which is basically the stiffest 
DX plastic that's ever existed. Right, and it beats like a motherfucker. And then there's XT, which is slightly less than that, which you see in the edges of Novas. There's also an XT AVR. So you see that plastic in, in varying ranges. But to, to summarize, you get, you know, Champion and Star are the highest level, most durable plastics that Innova makes. After that, you get G-Star, and then you get, you know, McPro, DX, XT, R-Pro. There's even other there's variations glow, that we haven't even talked about. There's Glow. There's, there's Metal JK. Plank. Yeah. So we've, we've covered the main ones yeah. for Innova. And, and those are the main ones to pay attention to. And the other ones are just small variances on the main ones that we brought up. Yeah. So the, and, and to go back to a very early episode where Dave Dunapace talked about plastic and, and people questioning him about why certain plastic runs, his answer was basically like, well, what is plastic? Like every single run of these discs is different. True. I'm, I'm dealing with plastic. True. It, there's no consistency. Yeah, it, it, and I believe what you're saying. Like, the, the plastic can be a little different with each run. I feel like Innova is pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get to it at some point. Um, I definitely have had different colors of the same run of Legacy Discs and had them behave totally differently. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we'll get there. And, 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 you know, the more you do and the higher... Amount that you process, I think, the more consistency you'll have. I agree. From a a beginner's perspective, I would say when you start off, save yourself some money, buy DX or something lower uh, plastic. You right. do not need a champion disc right no. off. You do not need a star disc right off, especially not like a champion AVR. Don't do that. No. No, putters, you know. putters run beginner plastic, kind of so, like across the bat. Like Most likely, if you're looking to get into the sport and, and figure mean, out guess, with discs, yeah. get the, the cheaper plastic first and see how they fly and see what you like. And as you build your skill level, move up to the... To the but also under, understand how discs wear mm -hmm. and change as you throw. You know, if you bought a beginner pack of DX discs and you got your Valk, your Valkyrie, um, you know, you're eight months into playing once a week and you got it perfectly to where you want it to throw. And then three weeks later, it's turning over for you. Don't go buy a champion Valkyrie. Or if you do go buy a champ, understand it's, it's going to take some time before it throws like that DX. Mm -hmm. And even from disc to disc. You yeah. Know? Sometimes you just got to get a feel for it and throw, throw a few different ones. But oh, and that's part of it too. So if you go and you buy, you know, say you go buy a Star T Bird that you love, and you bought it from a local shop, and it's perfect out of the box. If you have the money to do it and you want to layer, go buy three or four more that same run because they're they're going to be so similar that you know when the next run comes in, it might be a little different. If you have the time, you have the money and uh, the ability, if there is a disc that you love and you can buy more of that same mold, that same plastic, that same run, definitely worth doing. Absolutely. You know, like buying 
35 MicPro AVRs. Disc golf is about feel and confidence. It is. If you feel good and you like the feel of the disc and you're throwing it well, you're going to have a better round. Yep. So ultimately, when it comes to this entire plastic series as we discuss them, if you like the feel of the plastic, that is worth something. It that is. That means something. Totally. So you, the grip in your hand and how it feels... That do not ignore that because no. someone says, "Oh, you got to get star plastic, or you have to get this or that." Put it in your hand, and mm-hmm. if you like how it feels, that's the plastic for you. And you can work, and you can find a way to to get the disc in that plastic, right? That will do what you want. You really can. So I think also, that's probably also, the most important thing. Also, once you're kind of there and you know what you throw and how you throw, you know if it looks really cool too. <laughs> it's probably worth getting it there too as always which is our not pro tip yeah um that's us as our casual disc golfers who just love the the, the game and um buying way too many discs well if, if it looks pretty cool it'll probably fly pretty cool right yeah when all else fails looking cool kind of helps where do you think uh how do you think i got to where i am i'm not sure looking cool did it I never mind. Maybe we should move on. I I I. Uh, this could get this could get off the rails real quick. I'm I'm I married a beautiful woman. That helped me out. Yes yes. Joe. I upgraded. Joe married above. His, but never mind. <laughs> hey, it's fine. I'm good. I'm good with it. Work. It's good for me. Oh, that's your wife. <laughs> oh, dude, it's way too often. <laughs> so we'd like to. Start the closing of this episode by telling you what you need to watch. What you should watch. I don't need to watch. I think you need to watch it. I think so, yeah. Okay, I I, I take it back. We had a a couple of videos come out, uh, three that we're going to talk about here. Uh, It came out on on YouTube over the weekend of tournaments lately. I think, number one, Jomez Productions throughout the final round of the Disc Golf World Tour. Very high quality commentary by ccdg which is great and you got to get out there and yeah watch. and I, I don't know if you know this but uh we enjoy ourselves some central coast disc golf <laughs> I joe believe, Miz too i believe in uh, episode nine of the podcast this is probably the ninth time that we've mentioned probably central coast disc golf. that's possible joe Mez also terrific editing terrific filming everything is was, oh yeah no the graphics are on point. everything's it's, really it's, clean it's yeah yeah above and beyond we also had the Throw Down the Mountain come out by the Disc Golf Guy. Another great tournament that you mm-hmm. should take a look at. Always, always great commentary and uh, and video work by Terry Miller. And then the other one we actually already brought up was Pure Heiser Productions. Yeah. Put out the, the final round of their... Uh, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Classic. Classic, which is awesome. They're playing an awesome course and everyone on the card... Is is going off at least once per hole? Someone does something awesome. Well, and Ricky had like an eleven something rated round, like eleven yeah. eleven twenty or something. I think like he that. threw like fifteen or fourteen under. Fifteen under. It yeah, was, it was a fifteen Nuts. under final round. So, Nuts. you know, just uncatchable at that point. That's right. A, that's a that's a dirty score. <sighs> wow. So I want to throw under period at that yeah. course and that course. You'll watch it, and you just see a ton of trees. And that's what that course is like. It's a technical course. You have to hit your lines. There's not a ton of elevation involved, but on a few holes there is. Um, it's just really tough. 
and the fact that he was able to to birdie all but three holes on that course amazing just blows my mind that i it's yeah. just yep it's just awesome to watch so we'll we'll reiterate it has to be done must be done watch that video do it watch as many disc golf videos as you I, can really totally totally there's so many great like instructional people playing it's just get on them youtubes and get after it yeah and since we're talking about social medias boom follow us on instagram at the disc golf podcast twitter at the disc pod and then facebook slash the disc golf podcast yeah another week in disc golf comes to a close get out and play watch the tournament coverage if you can see it have a great round we love all of you thank you guys